so it's another good day to be here. So I want to just take a minute, welcome you guys. Um, and if um, I'll mention this, if you've never filled out one of those connection cards in the seat in front of you, I encourage you to do that. You can do that too for those watching online. Uh, we hadn't forgotten about you guys watching online. We really appreciate you taking time uh, each week to, to join us. And so uh, I know online services are great when you're traveling, when you're sick, um, when you can't make it to, to church. But I want to encourage those watching online to try to to make it here in person as well because there's just no replacing the community we have when we're together. Um, I've always said one of the ways you can know a healthy church is by how long people stay uh, before they leave after the church service, right? Um, when people stay and talk and share, and uh, that's when you know that it, people are, are glad to be here and there's connection taking place. And I, I love it here at Cornerstone that we have to run people off sometimes. Like, you know, it's like, we need to go eat, you know, <laughs> please. No, nah. after the second service, it's, uh, it's funny sometimes. But I love it. I love how you guys kind of hang around after the service. So um, um, I also want to thank Eugene for filling in last week. Um, it was kind of a, he mentioned, it's a little bit of a last minute thing. Um, most of y'all know, but some of you are kind of new. My my middle son, Luke, um, and his wife are in a bluegrass band, and they had a chance to go play at a really big festival out in Colorado, and um, it, we kind of worked out where we could get out there and got tickets to go, so uh, we, try, we like following them around when we can, and uh, so Jennifer and I flew out to Denver, and, and Drew went with us, and um, uh, we're able to go... Uh, up to Boulder and then up to Estes Park and Rocky Mountain National Park and did some hiking. You know, we were hiking out up in 12,000 feet altitude, which is awesome. Um, it's a little different, too. Uh, you, I, knew, I knew I was old, but then, like, when you're up there and you're, like, having to stop every, you know, and you can't breathe, it, 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 was, um, it was interesting. Um, went down uh, near uh, Buena Vista where the concert was and then... Uh, uh, spent some time in Colorado Springs, went up Pikes Peak, and we just had a blast. So um, it, it was a great time. Uh, I love Colorado. It's so beautiful. But I, I'll tell you, there's nothing like when you come home and see all the green here, right? That's when you know your home is when you see everything green. It's like coming into a rainforest when you come into southwest Virginia. Uh, I love it. So uh, anyway, I do appreciate Eugene uh, filling in for us. He had a tough passage last week, and there's really no way to sugarcoat it uh, because Jesus really just said, you're going to have a tough time. You're going to experience persecution. It's not going to be easy. If you're going to follow me, you better get ready. And, and so thankfully, though, uh, Jesus is telling us we're not alone in facing this challenge. And so today we get to return back to the teaching about the Holy Spirit. We get to pick up where Eugene left off, and we get the good news today. We get the, okay, this, times are tough, but I'm, I'm helping you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be there to comfort you and to strengthen you and to give you peace and, and to carry you every step of the way. And that's why I'm so thankful about the Holy Spirit. So let's dive in. We're at the end of John 15. We'll be in John 16. Uh, for the rest of today, um, I want you to realize that the Holy Spirit does a whole lot of things, but He also does something that we don't always think about. And that's my first point today. I'm going to jump in and, and get moving. Here's the first thing. The Holy Spirit gives us our mission. For each and every believer, we have a mission, and the Holy Spirit gives it to us. Let's see in John 15, uh, verse 26. 
He says, I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. And you must also testify about me because you have been with me from the beginning of my ministry. I would say a lot of companies, a lot of organizations have a mission statement. If you work for a company, they probably have a mission statement somewhere. Now, it's probably on a poster in the hallway. It's probably in your employee handbook. You probably have a mission statement somewhere. But the reality is most people don't know what the mission statement of their company is. Most people don't know what the mission statement of their organization is. And no matter if they have it on a poster or not, if people aren't living it out, it really doesn't matter, right? That, that's the reality. So many times there's a mission statement. They're like, this is our mission as a company. But nobody's doing it. Nobody knows about it. Nobody cares about it. The culture is completely different than the mission. And, and so I would say that when you have a clear mission, it gives you purpose. But the reality is most people don't know what that mission is. So as Christians, what is our mission? Well, I would say that every Every believer actually has the same mission. Our mission revolves around the gospel. It's to fulfill the great commission, to go and make disciples of Jesus. The way we kind of share it here this year, we've been focusing on this statement. We are working together to make disciples of Jesus who transform their world. That, that's, we're, that's our mission, to go and make disciples. Every single believer Uh, has that mission. Now, we can put it on a poster, we can put it on our website, but the reality is, if we're not doing it, is it really our mission, right? I mean, if we're not actually making disciples, and we're not just making disciples, we're making disciples who make disciples. That's really the goal. That's really the the focus. And so, it, it takes intentionality, it takes purpose. It takes understanding this. And, and here Jesus is saying, you've got to testify about me. That's the message he's telling his disciples. You now have a mission. You have the advocate. You have the Holy Spirit, the one who comes along beside you. Literally what the word means, right? The one that comes along beside you. He is with you. He is giving you a mission. And that mission is to go and testify about me. And so Jesus here, he's leaving his disciples a job to do here on earth. He's leaving them and saying, here's your job. Here's your mission. Here's what you're going to do when I'm gone. Their mission to live together as a new community of faith. And they're going to live together in such a way that, that people will see that the gospel is true, that they have the opportunity to tell people about Jesus, and the gospel will have the opportunity to change lives. That's what being a witness is. They're going to witness. They're going to testify to what they have seen, to what they have heard. It's what a witness does in court, right? You testify, you tell, you share what you've seen, what you've heard, what you have experienced. And that is what the disciples are doing, and that is what our job is as well. But the reality is we need some supernatural help to make it happen. So in this passage, what Jesus is doing, he kind of gives two promises. One the Holy Spirit's coming to empower you. And then the second is you have a responsibility now to go and tell. Uh, and so the Holy Spirit, this is something again that it, I think we've got to talk. It's more than a feeling. 
it's more than an impersonal force. And I've shared before, it's like we have this view of the Holy Spirit. We think of it like the Star Wars, like the force. You know, may the force be with you. We, we think of it as this inner power that we have, this inner, uh, you know, this inner strength that we can tap into and use. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person that indwells us, that lives inside of us. And so the Spirit of God will be sent from the throne of God to empower the people of God to witness about the Son of God. And so that, the Holy Spirit is inside of us. It's going to help us uh, to, to live a life that God has called us to live. It empowers us. It gives us a mission, and then it empowers us to live out that mission. And so if you want to know what makes a difference between having this mission statement on the wall versus living it out, it's the Holy Spirit. That's the difference for us as believers. Because we have the power to do something about it, and that power is the Holy Spirit. So let me just ask you this morning, what is your life mission? Have you ever really thought about that question? What's your life mission? What's the mission you have? Um, obviously, if we are a disciple, our mission is the same as the mission of the disciples, right? To go and make disciples. So how are you doing it? How, is that something that's even on your radar screen of life? Is that something that you're intentional about? What are the steps, uh, the strategies? How, how are you learning and growing? How are you putting yourself in situations where you have the opportunity to do that, to go and make disciples. I, I just think for so many of us, we kind of know it intellectually, but we forget that the Holy Spirit is empowering us to do it. So we have this mission, but we're not really doing it because we feel like it's someone else's responsibility. Someone else will do it. I'm too busy. I've got too much on my plate. Right now, I'm focused on my kids. Right now, my job is overwhelming me. I'm trying to do all this schoolwork. I mean, we can come up with excuse after excuse. But all of that stuff doesn't replace what our mission in life is. And I think sometimes we just need a reminder. And so when I read this, I'm like, these disciples, they're scared. They're thinking, how are we going to do this on our own? We don't know what to do. We don't know where you're going. We don't understand all of this. We're scared. We don't have time. We don't have the knowledge. We don't have the understanding. And so in that context, this is what Jesus is saying. It's going to be all right. You can do this because you have the Holy Spirit. Our mission never changes. We are called to be disciples. We are called to make disciples. David Platt said this, he said, The church is currently sitting sidelined in a spectator mentality that delegates disciple-making to pastors and professionals, ministers and missionaries. But that's not the way it's supposed to be. Jesus has invited all of us to be part of his plan, to know all of his joy as we share all of his love, spread all of his work, and multiply all of his life among all of the peoples of the earth. You have been created and called by God to grow as a disciple and to give your life to making disciples. I love that because he's just reminding us, right? This is something we all are called to do. It's not something to delegate to pastors and professionals, right? 
This is something every single disciple is called to do. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you are called to be a disciple that makes disciples. I feel like this is where the American church has kind of gotten off track. We've made church about what we get from it. We've made church about what we can receive, about what we can experience, about how much we learn from it. And and, and so we can come and be entertained for an hour on Sunday morning and no more than an hour. And then we can get back to our normal everyday life. That is not the life of a disciple. It's all about us going out and making disciples. So how do we do that? That kind of leads us into the next section. In chapter 16, we're not going to be able to do this on our own. We're going to need some help. We're going to face some opposition along the way. And so the Holy Spirit also helps us to accomplish our mission. Now that's important. The Holy Spirit helps us to accomplish our mission. And so he's going to do that through some very specific ways. And so chapter 16, if we break it down, he kind of tells us three different ways that the Spirit is working inside of us to help us accomplish our mission, to go and make disciples. Here's the first. The Spirit is going to comfort us. The Spirit is going to comfort us. What do I mean by this? It's not going to be easy. Um, if you've ever been told the Christian life is easy, just give your life to Jesus and it, it's all going to be easy. It's all going to work out. You're not going to have any problems anymore. You're going to be healthy. You're going to be wealthy. You're going you're, you're to be joyful. It's going to be easy. Let me just tell you, that's a load of bunk, right? That's not going to happen. That's not going to, I mean, when you give your life to Jesus, he, you're opening up yourself for your life to be turned upside down. This is a scary, it's not going to be easy. In fact, he tells us it's going to be harder because the world is not going to understand why you're living your life the way you do. So he's just telling them, get ready, it's going to get tough. John 16, verse 1 through 7, uh, straight from Jesus. I've told you these things so that you won't abandon your faith. This is what he's worried about. He's worried about people turning their back on God when the going gets tough. And I tell you, that's what happens when we present a false gospel of, hey, it's going to be easy if you give your life to Jesus. He said, for you will be expelled from the synagogues. And the time is coming when those who, will kill, you, those who kill you will think that they're doing a holy service for God. This is because they have never known the Father or me. Yes, I am telling you these things now so that when they happen, you will remember my warning. Didn't tell you earlier because I was going to be with you for a while longer. But now I'm going away to the one who sent me, and not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come but if i do go away then i will send him to you this point jesus is just kind of revealing uh, like one page at a time to the disciples he's letting them know he's already told them i'm i'm going to leave you i don't you know they're like well where are you going we don't know if i go and prepare a place for you i'm going to come back and and get you and and you'll be able to be with me i go and preparing you know preparing a mansion many rooms for you he he's telling them all this and well i'm the way i'm the truth i'm the life and he he's telling them all this information 
He's preparing them. He's helping alleviate some of their fears. And, and I can't help but think, if, I, if we were there, and the, if we put ourselves in the disciples' shoes, right? If we put ourselves there, I, I think we would be completely stressed out and freaked out by all this. Like, I mean, but you can't leave us. We're not ready. We're, we're not sure. All of this stuff. And, and he, he's just telling them the cross is going to change everything. He's leaving them. He's trusting them to carry out the mission to go and make disciples. But they're scared. They're unsure. They're insecure. They're worried if they are up to the task. I feel like that's the same feeling that many of us have today. When you hear me say, it's your job to go and make disciples. It's something we all do together. It's not just my job as a pastor. It's a job of each and every believer. I think many of us were insecure, unsure scared we're, we're worried if we're up to the task we think we don't know enough and so we're like well I'm just going to sit back and watch and God if you want me to do this you're going to have to like you're, you're going to have to bring the opportunity to me because I can't go and do it I'm just I, I'm that's not who I am that's where the disciples were that's what they were feeling and Jesus is like I'm going to throw you into the deep end of the pool and you're going to learn how to swim or you're going to sink and I'm telling you, sometimes that's what we need as believers. Sometimes that's what we need. Those sink or swim opportunities. Um, you know, I, I, I want you to notice, though, that Jesus, he doesn't minimize the danger here. He doesn't try to say, and we do this. We, we tell people, it won't be that bad. It won't be that bad. No, he's like, no, it's going to be bad. <laughs> it's not going to be easy. It's going to be tough. Sometimes I think we undersell, right, the, the hardship uh, that we're going to face as believers. We try, to, we try to, to, to minimize it when in all actuality, this is serious. He said they're going to be cast out of the synagogue. I was reading a, a, a commentary this weekend. Um, it said this. It said to be cast out of the synagogue. This was a big deal. It meant more than losing your church. It, mean, it meant being kicked out of your community. Your identity would be erased. Your future plans were shattered. You couldn't marry a girl from the community. Any children you had would be outcast. Your family would consider you dead. They would actually throw a funeral for you and mourn over you. You would be a man without a family or a country. For a Jew being kicked out of the synagogue would be a fate worse than death. Many would choose death over this dishonor. It's a far cry from the prosperity gospel preached in so many churches today. Following Jesus is worth it, and the benefits far outweigh the cost, but there is a cost. Any preacher who tells you that following Jesus is the way to good health, riches, or luxury is not following Jesus. He's selling you something. Following Jesus leads to suffering and persecution. I couldn't agree more. I mean, this is... And that's the, and I hate to pick on TV preachers, and there's some good ones out there, but there's a whole lot of ones out there that are trying to sell you something so that they can go live an extravagant lifestyle. They don't need your money. God doesn't need your money. And when they tell you, if you give, then God's going to bless it back, and you've got to give, and you've got to be able to see through that. If they're up there saying, you know what, if you follow Jesus, it's going to be hard. 
It's not going to be easy. He's going to turn your life upside down. It's going to require radical change in the way you live your life. It means that now, now you're not living for yourself anymore. That's when I start paying attention. Because that's when I know they're preaching the real gospel. Okay? And so uh, Christians throughout the centuries, they have learned that the Holy Spirit, when we go through these hardships, that's what comforts us. There's a prize for following Jesus. And the prize is worth the, the price. Knowing Jesus is worth the, the sacrifice. And, you know, he, he even, in verse 1, he said, I, I've told you these things so that, that you don't abandon your faith. And the problem is when we expect an easy life, when the going gets tough, we, turn our, we, we blame God. We, we blame God, we blame the church, we blame Christians, and we walk away. We, we live in a world where so many people are turning their back on God and saying, I, I, I can't follow God because this happened to me. Maybe it's trauma. Maybe they've been treated badly by other Christians. Uh, maybe it's abuse. Maybe um, they've been hurt by the church. And, and I'm not minimizing any of those things because they have happened and they do happen. But we don't turn our back on God because of the hardship we go through. Because of the people who have let us down. Because of the sin that's all around us. That's not re- I mean, it's going to be tough. If you stay true to God, I, I, your life is not going to be easy. Here's the issue, though. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us help, helping to comfort us and carry us through those tough situations. And if we turn anywhere else to find our comfort, to find our peace, we're going to be let down. And so I, I would just encourage you, if you're here this morning, right, uh, I, I would just say you've got to turn to Jesus. He is where you're going to find your hope. It's not people. It's the Holy Spirit inside of us that's going to give us comfort. I, I read, too, it said the greatest danger in persecution is being convinced that this temporary life is more valuable than Jesus. Persecution has this way of sifting out the true disciples from the false disciples. Per, uh, I read, it said this, it said, Persecution exposes spiritual scavengers, those who circle Christianity hoping only to get something for themselves. Living for Jesus and telling others about Jesus, it will cause others to hate you. It may mean you're excluded from someone's circle of friends. You might experience mockery and insults, but don't stop your mission. Don't stop witnessing. Don't stop walking after Jesus. Jesus is in effect saying, in the face of persecution, don't fall. Keep walking. Keep trusting. Cling to me. So he's given them something better to live for and, and comforting by saying, the Holy Spirit's going to be with you. So the Holy Spirit comforts us, but it also, the, here's the second point, the Holy Spirit convicts us. The Holy Spirit convicts us. Now, I, I'm going to do... Um, a little test here. I'm going to show you a picture here in a second, and um, uh, this will kind of show how old you are to see if you recognize uh, what this picture is. Let's let's show this up there. It's it's someone's mouth. Some of y'all are like, "What is this?" And it, it's okay. This is some of y'all. Y'all look confused. Okay, if you're old enough, you remember in school they used to give you little red tablets to chew. Anybody have that happen? You know, you know, okay. Okay, you're showing your age here. 
um, they gave you little red tablets to chew, and it would show, it would, it would stick to the plaque on your teeth. So they would like bring you in, and they would have you chew these little tablets, and if they showed up, they were like, oh, you're not brushing your teeth. Your teeth look clean, but in all honesty, you got plaque all over them. And so, you know, if you're in the county, you had to do the fluoride treatments too. You probably remember that. I don't know if they still, do they still do any of this stuff? Uh, they did the scoliosis checks. They did all sorts of experiments on us <laughs> as kids. Uh, but the red tablets, that was like the, the, that was like, it was like, ooh, look how red, ooh, your teeth are nasty. You're, you know. But what it did, it exposed something that was there that you couldn't see, right? That's what those red tablets did. You would chew on it, it exposed, it brought it out, and, and then they would say, you, you need to go to the dentist. You, you need help, right? Um, it exposed something, and, and I read, <laughs> actually this morning I saw a quote by Paul David Tripp. It said, God will expose your sin, not to condemn you, but to draw you near, to cleanse your heart, to empower you to obey, and to transform the way you live. And so that's what the Holy Spirit does. It shows something that was hidden that we didn't even know was there, and it exposes it. It brings it out. It, it makes us aware of the issue. And, and so let's look at John 16, verse 8. And when he comes, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of the world has already been judged. So Jesus tells us the Holy Spirit's got a job to do. It's going to convict the world of its sin. Now, can I tell you something? I love this because it takes the pressure off you and me. Our job is not to convict people of their sin. Our job is not to be the judge. Our job is to testify to the truth. Our job is not to judge everyone and convict them of their sin. It's not our job to bring guilt upon people for what they've done. Jesus has sent a helper. That's his job, and he does it perfectly. And so our job is to testify about Jesus, to tell others about truth and righteousness and leave the convicting up to the Spirit. When it comes to talking about our faith, I feel like we, um, we may often feel like it's our job to, to judge others, but that's not what we're called to do. The Spirit em, 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 empowers the disciples to testify, to witness, to talk about Jesus. People hear it, and the Spirit works in them to bring conviction. Our job is to testify. The Spirit's job is to convict. And then you can see then why there's such a problem in the world today, right? Because the church feels like it's our job to condemn everything, to boycott everything, to complain about everything, to tell everyone how evil they are. Yes, we can testify about Jesus. Yes, we can proclaim truth. Yes, we can talk about sin. But it is not our job to convict people. And so that's where we've got to be really careful, right? That's where we've got to, it's not our job to change people or to convict people of their sin. That's the Holy Spirit's job as it works in us. Guys, we just have to keep telling people about Jesus. That's our job. That's what we do. 
We keep sharing the love of Jesus. We keep sharing the message of Jesus. And we keep doing it as often and to as many people as we can do. That's, that's what it looks like to live our life as a believer. So that's what Jesus is doing. He's preparing his disciples. He's telling them what's their responsibility, what's the Spirit's responsibility. And I'm sure the disciples thought they had this impossible task. There's no way we can do this. This is, we're in over our heads. They had doubts. Uh, people aren't going to listen to us. And, and they, in all honesty, they were right. They weren't, they weren't going to be able to do this by themselves. That's why they needed the Holy Spirit. And I, I would just say this morning, maybe you don't realize the Spirit's power in your life today. Maybe you're here and, and, and you feel like, I can't do all this. It's because you've put all the pressure on yourself and you're trying to do what only the Spirit can do. I want you to know, it, it, it just take that heavy load off of your shoulders. You're carrying a load you were never meant to carry. You do what only you can do. Testify about Jesus. Testify about what you've experienced and seen and heard and learned. And you let the Spirit do the rest. When you do that, it takes the load off of you. It takes a response. It's not our job to convict people of their sin. That's the Holy Spirit's job. For you to be faithful to the mission, right, to which Jesus has called you, you've got to have the Spirit's help. So the Spirit comforts us. It convicts us. And one final thing, the Spirit guides us. The Spirit guides us. Uh, verse 12. There's so much more I want to tell you. And again, Jesus is saying, it, 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 time is coming close. I mean, they're getting ready at this point to start heading over to the Garden of Gethsemane. To cross the Kidron Valley, to go up the hill to get to be in the, the olive grove there. They're getting ready to go there. It's getting ready to, to, to be praying through the night. They're going to be betrayed. All this is getting ready to happen. So he's saying, there's so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it. You can't bear it now. When the Spirit of truth comes, though, he's going to guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he's heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever He receives from me. The disciples still have questions. Right? And, and I feel like that's when we get put in a situation where we're called to do something that we're in over our heads, what do we do? We start asking questions. If you've ever been asked to do something at work you don't know how to do, what do you do? Well, well tell me this and tell me this. and Well, what am I supposed to do? And where am I supposed to go? And, and how am I supposed to do it? And what am I supposed to use? And who am, who, who am I working with again? And We just go into question, 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 right? Have you all ever done that? And what Jesus is saying, no, guys, this is what you need for now. I'm going to reveal truth to you as you need to know it. The Holy Spirit's going to be with you every step of the way. He's going to reveal truth to you one moment as a time. And so instead of answering their questions, he gives them a promise. That he's not going to leave them, he's not going to forsake them, that he's going to be there. That the Holy Spirit is the one that's going to guide them into truth. The answers are going to come as they need them. But they're going to come through the Holy Spirit. They're going to come through the Spirit inside of us. He's going to instruct them moment by moment. And again, all right, we read this and we're like, this is great for the disciples. They need this. This is awesome. We see what the disciples did. As you keep reading through the book of Acts, you see how these same disciples turned the world upside down. 
See how it went from this small group of followers in Jerusalem and it, it started spreading and then they started being persecuted right in Jerusalem, right? And they were spread out. They scattered in Acts 8 and they start going to all these different places and taking the gospel with them. And, and before long, the whole Roman Empire is converted, right? It becomes the religion of the Roman Empire because Constantine uh, puts his faith in Jesus. And you see all this happening. And it all started because this small group of disciples trusted the Holy Spirit. Can I just tell you, the same Holy Spirit that empowered the, whole, that, that, that empowered the disciples lives in you. Same Holy Spirit that, that revealed truth to them reveals truth to us. The same mission that the disciples had, we have today. And God is telling us the same message. Will you trust me? Will you listen to me? Will you allow me to guide you into all truth? The Holy Spirit is how we accomplish our mission. It comforts us. It convicts us. It guides us. But are we listening? Are we even looking? Do we even believe that we have the Holy Spirit? It's such a huge gift, and I think we take it for granted. Jesus said... I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away, for if I don't go away, the Helper will not come. Jesus, again, I've talked about this so many times. Jesus is telling them, it's better that I leave. Because when I'm beside you, when I'm here physically, you, you only have access when I'm, you're talking to me. But when I leave, you have access to me 24-7. Wherever you are, you have access to the God that created you. I read this week. It said, we often open our Bibles and we treat the Spirit's words like a buffet table, taking what we like and passing by the rest. He promises to guide us, but we must listen to what He says. The truth can be hard to hear. Sometimes we'd rather be ignorant. We'd rather be lied to. But the longer we listen to lies, the more painful the truth will be. The Spirit guides us into truth as we listen to Him speak to us through His Word. And the truth is, we all need Jesus. And so, I hope you, as we go through this series, and we've got another week next week, we kind of get to wrap this thing up and, and talk a little more about it. But hopefully what we've been learning, we've been learning to trust the Holy Spirit. We've been learning when that Jesus, He left but he didn't leave us all alone. He prepared us by sending the Holy Spirit to live inside of us. We don't come to Jesus to live an easy life. We commit to him because we were created for a mission, for a purpose. And so my challenge to you guys this morning. First, if you're a believer, I know many people in this room are, many people listening online, you would say, I've put my faith and trust in Jesus. I know he's my savior. If that's you, then are you living with the power of the Holy Spirit in your life? Is He comforting you? Is He convicting you? Is He guiding you? Is He enabling you to accomplish the mission that God has given you? I think we just need that reminder. We need that little kick. We need that little shove. We need that little push that He's there. And secondly, if you're not a believer, then all this sounds like crazy talk, right? Right? The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. You got 
Because you've been trying to live life on your own, by your own strength and by your own power. And it is exhausting. It is exhausting to do that. I want to just challenge you today. If you don't know Jesus, right here, right now, let's do this the right way. Let's put your faith in Jesus. Let's trust Him. Let's look to the cross and what Jesus did for you. He went to the cross right, to pay the penalty of your sin so that you could be brought back to God, so that you could be made right with God, so you could have that relationship with God. And because of that, you can receive a new life. And so I'm going to ask you to pray. Let's bow our heads right now. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for your word. We're thankful for your promises. You are working in us. You're working through us. For the believers in this room, my prayer is that they would just be able to understand that the Spirit indwells them. The Spirit empowers them. The Spirit comforts them. The Spirit guides them. The Spirit is revealing truth. And revealing truth right now as we open up your word, as we pray, as we gather for church, the Spirit works in us to help us understand, to help us learn, to help us grow. And so, Lord, would we just open our hearts to the Spirit uh, and let the Spirit work in us. And I pray for those listening today as well, Lord, that would say, I, I, I just, I've never really given my life to Jesus. I've never surrendered. I've tried to do things my own way. Your word is clear to us that you loved us so much that you sent your son to die for us so that we might have eternal life. And that if we confess that Jesus is the Lord of our life, we believe in our heart, God, that what Jesus did on the cross was for us. That he went to the cross on our behalf to pay the penalty for our sins. Then we will be saved. And so here today, right now, Lord, if there's anybody here that doesn't know Jesus, I want to ask that you would just pray with me just to say, Heavenly Father, right now, right here, I confess my need to you. I need you. I know I've sinned. I know I've messed up. I know I've rebelled and run from you. But today, I want to surrender. I want to give my life to you. I believe, Jesus, that you came. You lived that life that I couldn't live. You went to the cross because of love for me. And you died for me. You paid that penalty. And Lord, I I believe that you rose from the grave three days later. And because of that, I can live for eternity with you forever. So right now, I want to just give my life to you. I believe. I follow. I trust. So I pray the Holy Spirit would live in me, empower me to, to, to live this new life, to give me this new purpose, to give me this new mission to go and tell others about you. Lord, I just thank you for Jesus. It's in his name we, I pray. Amen.